and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel um my guest today is my friend super talented artist producer marketing genius guru person (laughs) (laughs) el donald thanks for coming to the sanctuary today yeah thank you so much for having me israel i'm i'm stoked to be here yo yo uh so let's just start with covid man um Mm. What what things did you have planned before March twenty twenty? Like that's when it kind of started. What things did you have planned for twenty twenty that the um, shutdown, the very first shutdown, uh, put a kibosh on? Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest one for me, I think, right off the bat, is is last April. I was supposed to do a tour. Uh, with a Vancouver-based artist called Texture and Light. And so we were going to go up and do kind of Southern Ontario, uh, Quebec, uh, do some dates to support a release that I put out uh, in 2020 called uh, uh, Where You Know Yourself. Um, uh, or <laughs> called A Lighter World, pardon me. I was wondering uh, what I you talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cut that. <laughs> I'm going to start that over again. <laughs> the, the main thing for me was, yeah, we were going to do these tour dates in Southern Ontario and Quebec for A Lighter World. And, and um, again, the other artist, Texture and Light, was also touring a new release. So, yeah, yeah, so that was something that I was really excited about. And then and then that was in April. So that was like right right kind of <clears> as things were, were again intense. So mm. so yeah, it was sad to to not be able to do that and, and you know, especially play in some cities that were, were new for me, uh that I hadn't played before. So yeah, just I guess that uh missing being on the road, you know, and and, and, and traveling I guess. Yeah. And like um uh, but you know once once things were actually locked down and you like we all knew this was it this is what's going to happen um how did you adapt with that Yeah well you know I think that it's it's been an interesting thing for me because I think in the first couple of months for like the same as everybody it was a totally new landscape you know trying to figure out what can still be done or how can you still like find some creativity and and so the first couple months were were tough but uh i mean for me like i i've just found that you know through this it's really made me think a lot about uh collaboration and and, and i think that it didn't really almost take me until this period where it's harder to collaborate with people and we're sort of limited to be around people it really starts to make you see the value, you know, you're reminded of those things and, and how useful it is and, you know, in a space where it's difficult to do. So, so, uh, on my new single talk, maybe we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but yeah, so that has some vocal collaborations and has some, some people that are on that. And I put that together like over emails doing, uh, you know, virtual recording sessions. So, um, I've, I think that I've, I've found a way to, to channel this time and, and use it productively, but yeah, it, it's, it's been a, a new landscape for sure to get used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so different, but, but like <clears throat> being like you do electronic music and stuff and, and like you're pretty much already or almost always doing your creativity on your computer. Um, when you had to now switch to not being able to go to studios, seeing people in persons, what other things did you add to your skill set to start like recording with other people, not in person, but like wherever they might be? Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I think that the, the, the biggest thing for me, um, was just that getting used to like writing, writing a song, um, over email or doing it over video chat. 
you know, because if you're collaborating with something, somebody, usually like, you know, you can get in the same room and hash out ideas, you know, you have that sort of constant, t- be able to get uh, input from people. But yeah, without that ability to get together, um, it's been, yeah, it's been tough. Like, I think that you're right. Like, as an electronic artist, um, I do a lot of the production in the computer as well in the digital setting. So in that respect, I've probably been um, a little bit more blessed during this time. Um, but as far as, like, per, like specific new skills, um, I think that, uh, well, I've had to work on my eye contact, you know, keeping the eye contact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> Okay, Show people yeah. that you're still interested. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because when you're in, when you're in person, like I don't have to look at you for you to know we are vibing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But if you're yeah, if you're on webcam and you're just kind of like yeah. the whole time, then you know it's like it's not the same. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. I contact. Well, that's it. That's all. That's one you know you don't really think of until you yes. actually have to use it. Um. So you know what? When I first had you um on the blackout, we we just kind of met the day before and you were there. Mm. You you were in Halifax for your grandmom's hundred. Was it? Hundred. Was yeah. 100th, yeah. Yep. You know. Um. And then uh between then you just dropped all these like you know first it was like where you know yourself which was before Elida world <laughs> <laughs> yeah we know that one for sure now <laughs> uh but like you know uh where you know yourself came up with purgatory shadow visions dreamscape sacrifice shadow visions was a song that just like blew my mind away i freaking love that song and Thank then you. i was like okay you know as an artist right wait when, when you've when you're done with these projects and it's like it's complete. It's done. Do you ever get those moments where you're like, shit, I have to do the next one? Oh, yeah. Well, I, of course, man. Yeah, like, um, I think that for me, it's uh, the releases are very much like sort of like a, a a snapshot of sort of like where I'm at as like a musician in that time. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that uh, I think let me say this. I think there's sort of two schools of thought when you do a second release. It's like you either try to recreate the magic that you had on that first one and try to make like you know a second copy of that or (laughs) you know you take a total left turn and you're like you know i'm a different person now so the music or the art that i'm going to make is going to be different Mm -hmm. and and i guess you just hope that the people who like the first one sort of follow along in in that progression Mm. and and i think that for me i've always kind of ascribed to that second um belief system i guess because um, yeah, because I think that we're all sort of, you know, we're we're changing people. People are complicated. People go through different things in their lives, and when they sit down to write a song, that's going to come out. And uh, I think although that first camp might be more, you know, the 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 fans might like that more because if you love the record, you might be want a second version of that. But I think that's difficult to do as an artist, and I think that sometimes when you you have uh, someone who tries to recreate the first one too much, it's mm. it can feel like a little bit disingenuous. I think, yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it's like it's it's important to kind of try to be like, hey, this is where I'm at right now. So you know, if it's if that means that the release is going to be a little bit poppier, or if it's going to be a little bit more dance music driven, um, I think you just got to go with that. Mm. So um, I'm going to take you back a little bit to where you know yourself. You know, we talked about it. We talked about the album cover 
but I didn't talk about specific songs. Like, so mm-hmm. I want to I want to talk about Purgatory first. That's I think the first track anyway. Yeah. Um. So Purgatory, like, what was the idea behind that? And like, at what point, you know, because like we, how you make your songs is like you're just putting all these sounds together, and then it forms this like a soul like a being really how do you know okay when i when it's done and you don't need to add anything anymore and like what's that entire process oh israel you got your starting with the tough questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean you're right like it is uh well i, I guess i should start like uh I'm, I'm a guitarist um first of all so i played guitar and and since i was 12 years old and i played in bands most of that time so that's definitely where I got my kind of uh, groundwork and writing songs and song structure uh, and that type of thing. So when I started working on writing songs as a solo effort, um, definitely those previous experiences have helped. And especially with, uh, yeah, the, especially the song structure. So knowing like how to move from one part to another part. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that you nailed something that's really, really interesting in it and is sort of... Um, you know, it's maybe defined differently by every solo artist. It's like, how do you know when it's done? How have you, how do you know when you've added enough? Because I think that any bedroom producer will tell you that um, it's really easy to start a song, but to finish the song is very difficult. And I think that a lot of, um, again, bedroom producers or, or producers in general, when they're especially when the first game started, um, inevitably will have, you know, 20 ideas or 20 started projects but like you know very few of them actually get finished mm. and yeah and i think that for me it, it's just sort of like you got to trust yourself you know and i think that it's helpful that if you have like a, an idea or a concept of the release before um at the initial stage so it's like you kind of know that like when a song has sort is sort of representing that idea that uh the initial kind of nugget let's say that was supposed to define that record Um, You can kind of get like an internal check or balance like when you say, oh, you know, it was supposed to be this vibe. That vibe is now here. Mm. Um, So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's different for every song almost. And and I think for me, I mentioned this to to you, I think, when we last spoke, but I definitely like to write songs that sort of take people on a journey. And that's definitely like the vibe I try to go through or go for on all my songs. So I think once I got that sort of, um, yeah, that vibe, that sort of wanes and winds you a little bit um then that's kind of how i know when it's uh getting into the right space <clears throat> and then you know he kind of just flows straight into my track shadow visions like what was the idea behind shadow visions though yeah yeah well shadow visions um is definitely one that's very near and dear that was the very first earl donald song that i that i ever wrote um and that one um yeah i just really kind of for for that one like i wanted it to be based around like a very simple beat like just so it's just like the chimes and then that pretty simple like drum beat um and then that was also sort of when i was really just learning about making you know digital production and electronic music so um like learning about pitching vocals learning about building like interesting loops and stuff so so the the hook on that song is actually um, I'm actually singing that, but I've I've just pitched it and like oh, feminized see, it a little no, bit. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that was actually that whole song was a real trip, like a real journey for me, just like yeah. trying different like skills and, and elements. So so I, that song I think like yeah, almost uh, uh, more than a lot of them just kind of has a special place for me. Mm. 
Oh, okay. So it was your name. You spin it. He explains that when you're performing that song live, uh, you you know, with, with your music box. I don't know. You told me the name, but I've forgotten it again. I call it music box. Yeah. <laughs> when you're playing your music box, like, is that why you kind of like twist the, the thing? Is that like the pitching thing? Uh, well, it, 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 yeah, it can be that, or like it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like open, not open, open source is the wrong word, but basically you can like set it up however you want. So, you know, you can put a pitch on there or you could put a little bit of delay on there or yeah. So it definitely, um, you, it's kind of like set up for, for the user to, um, experiment a little bit. And so, yeah. And so that's kind of useful for, for my music because, I think that I approach it half from the sort of DJ perspective and half from like the live electronic perspective. So mm. um, having that ability to kind of like uh, wheel and deal a little bit on the go and kind of change sounds and shift things a little bit like as you're as you're going, um, it's kind of cool for me. And I and I like especially when I play live to kind of um, change things up a little bit. So it's like you have like a general set you play each night, but you know within that set like you can do small things. So so even though if you're playing the same sort of 10 to 12 song set every night, you know, each set will be like a, a little bit unique. Mm, mm, mm. You know, I'm, I'm all about the album covers and you did another, you got, you know, hit it out of the park with A Lighter World again. Where was that one? Like, what's the story behind the cover album for, cover art for um, A Lighter World? Yeah, actually, yeah. So um, appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So all the artists, uh, pardon me, all the album art um, is for the most part like pictures that I've taken on. Um, you know, I I really love like those kind of like film cameras that you get from like the like nineties, like those kind of just like um, scroll. Um, not scroll, but uh, crank and shoot kind of ones. So, yeah, so a lot of the pictures that I use in my Elmart I've actually taken from when I was traveling. So so the cover of A Lighter World um, I took when I was in Brazil a couple of years ago, actually. And uh, Brazil obviously has so many beautiful coastlines. Uh, and I went there with a, a couple of really good friends. So so that picture also like has a lot of fond memories for me. Um, but, yeah, so that was uh, just outside Rio um, on, a, on a beach. Yeah, just kind of like on this rock face. Looks dope. And then the first single for that one, Beds of Paradise. How do you even choose your first singles, though? Let's start with that before we talk about Beds of Paradise. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's a fine line, I think, because, um, again, like, I think that there's, like, there's the traditional kind of, like, record label uh, perspective, and then there's sort of, like, the artist perspective. Because, you know, if you were assigned to a record label, they'd be like, okay, you know, these two songs out of the 10 are your hits, and then maybe you start with your strongest one or purposely put your, you know, you do your first single will probably be your strongest one, your second one will be the second hit, and then you'll do like a year cycle where you, you know, tour those and put the singles out strategically within that year. Um, and so I think that's a kind of like a business perspective where you try to like maximize each individual release and you get the most out of the album. Mm. Um, but I think, but I think as like an artist, you know, it's, uh, you want to kind of still have some of that sort of, uh, in direct intention, 
but also it's a product that you're quite attached to, you know? So it's like you have that emotional attachment and you want to share with people because, you know, you've spent time on it and, you know, you think it's probably the best thing that's out there, <laughs> you know, right? So, yeah. yeah, you know, you can't wait, you can't wait to share with people and, and you know, and ideally have them think the same. Mm. But um, so for me, though, I kind of try to approach it from kind of like a middle point where it's you want to choose a song that does stick out from the bunch, you know, whether that be through you know the production really sounding good or like the way that the vocals and uh, the music like interact each other just like really click um and so all those kinds of things that you think will make somebody want to listen to the song multiple Mm -hmm. times you know that Mm -hmm. those are good traits for a single um but yeah choosing uh, choosing the first single i think is tough and and again like it's definitely can be difficult to be objective about your own content um and so I think that, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I'll underline that one. I'm in the best shit in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally, totally. And so I think that, again, it, honestly, like, I think it, it's important to have a few people that you trust and people who will give you like real feedback, you know? Mm. And I think that's one thing uh, when you're in a band setting, you know, you have these other people to bounce ideas off of. You have people mm. who are like, you know, no, that song's not so good or that one really, really slaps. So, um, but then when you're a solo artist, you have to make all those decisions yourself and you're also, you know, extra attached to the material because you're the one who put in all those hours. Mm. So, so I think for me, like I've got a few, a few key kind of like other artists, people I know that I trust their opinion so I can get feedback from them. But, um, yeah, when it comes down to it, I think you just got to choose the song that really, um, like really symbolizes the point of the project like the best so then if if a listener only ever listens to that one song then they still probably walk away kind of getting the the intention of the wider release Beds of Prey. So let's talk about Beds of Prey then. You know, you figured out, okay, of all these songs for this project, this is the one that's coming out first. Uh, what did it take to make Birds of Prey? Yeah, so uh, so Birds of Paradise. Um, I, you yeah. know what? I've done that every time. Every time you <laughs> Birds of Paradise. Yeah. I, you know, I remember on the off to show, you also said the same thing. <laughs> Beds of Paradise. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. I'm such a bad friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. To, to be honest, you're not the only one. So maybe that should have been the name of the song. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Birds of Paradise. That one um, uh, was like, yeah, that one was an interesting experience because um, so some of the songs that I write, like I said, I'm, I'm a guitarist first, right? I, I still kind of think of that way. So um some of the songs uh, especially the earlier songs um i wrote on guitar first and then kind of started layering them with synths and then at some point you take the guitar out so um so basically you kind of can when you're building the structure of the song you start with an element that you're the most familiar with and that you kind of have the you don't need to think about as much of like how do i write this part you're just like how do i make this part strong you know, so in, in the instrument or the uh, the tool that you're the most familiar with, um, in my opinion, is probably the best place to start. So for for songs like Birds of Paradise, that definitely started as a guitar song first. Mm-hmm. And so and then you kind of like build like that, that initial kind of like uh, keyboard part, like with the big kind of synth at the beginning. That was like the next thing that came after. And mm-hmm. and I find that like spe- this is especially true with that with Birds of Paradise. But for other songs, it's like. I find like it's once you have like one 
one really like strong element then you know you have like a good song i think that and that was like for me like when i had that first kind of piano part in the beginning like the big chords it's like i was like okay this is going to be something you know like <laughs> once you have, <laughs> once you have that strong piece to go from and then it's like once you kind of have that groove then it's mm. just sort of like you know you can kind of keep that same groove for like the whole song and and i think that's actually good for the listener because they kind of like pick up on that element and you know and people like familiarity in songs so it's like if you can kind of keep one nugget of that that uh that initial thing going through the song then i think that's mm. helpful for the listener but um yeah with that one it was kind of uh it was a cool experience like especially like using the guitar and then switching over and then on some of the new songs i've i've started experimenting writing a different way where i kind of start with uh like a drum beat and then kind of go from there as opposed to starting with guitar um oh, and then that's kind of like l- leads to a different outcome <clears throat> is that a little bit scary to do i mean since it's new Yeah, I think it is scary a little bit and it's it's I think that uh, when we like what we were talking about before like how do you know really when a song is done or like how do you know when it's complicated enough um I think that that becomes a lot more difficult to make that call when you're starting with an element that you're not quite as familiar with. So um you know for for example for me like when I start with guitar and then you add and add and add you're like okay well you know I've covered I have a bass part, I have a drum part and then I you know I have pretty much the fundamentals of a song. But if you start from a different angle, you're almost like you think you would just be able to check the same boxes, but it it feels different. So but I found like especially now uh, in the last couple releases where I'm trying to switch um to having like a more kind of like um let's say uh by the book kind of like dance music style. Um it's been helpful to start with the drums because then you know that you can kind of get that beat down and if you're trying to make like a like a house song or like sort of like a maybe a drum and bass kind of influence song it's mm-hmm. like for those genres like the beat is so important like mm-hmm. uh, you know having that like four to the four or like having that kind of break beat um you know those are kind of quintessential parts of that define that genre and that like when people who listen to that stuff like if they don't hear that beat then they maybe won't even pick up on the influence so mm-hmm. um yeah i think that when you're starting to intentionally write within a genre uh you sort of need to fi- follow a few of the standards mm, mm, mm. okay and then that's bits of paradise <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like yeah, you know my track positive. my track on uh, a lighter wall is spent house right mm. you know it has this vibe it just i don't know it just it sounds summery that's what mm. i call it um what was the experience and like the process of making that one yeah well you know pentas was cool actually i um so i there's this band in emmeton um called Faith Crisis and and in Edmonton there's quite like a diverse like music uh community and and even though I'm I'm based in Toronto I I am originally from Edmonton so I definitely have a connection to like the Alberta scene and and the capital region um and so uh yeah I remember seeing them play and they they're kind of pretty noisy pretty out there but it kind of got me thinking that I was like almost like what would this look like in the Earl Donald setting like with just sort of like oh. uh you kind of peel back the the poppy elements and just kind of like focus on just like the sort of like raw kind of interaction of the beat and and the synth so so that when I w- sat down to write that song that was sort of like the intention I had in my mind that I was like I didn't really want this to be a straight ahead pop song or a straight ahead mm-hmm. dance music song um but still like be influenced by some of those elements and 
and I, I, maybe this, uh, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I, uh, I, you know, I always also always love that kind of 80s sound. So it's like those sort of, some of those um, kind of more uh, retro kind of synth sounds like I love and, and even like the really heavy like arpeggiators and kind of gives it that sort of like rhythmic element. So I really wanted to kind of like play with that and, and make a song that was a little bit more out there. And I had a feeling that was also going to be the, the ender of the release, like the last song. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so so I wanted to kind of like you know go all in and and be like yeah this is gonna be like the closer, um, yeah. Yeah, well I I freaking love that one. Do you ever like uh, when when you know <clears throat> where you know yourself is done and like you've played it, toured with it, and you know created this set around this project, and now you start working on a lighter world. Um, do you at a point just like start listening to some kind of music to get like a new groove or rhythm for this new project? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question actually because I think that well, I would say yeah, definitely, but I think for me like I I'm sort of always writing because I find like um oftentimes even when I'm like working on finishing a release, like I'll have like an idea that I'm like, okay, you know, this release is done. So this new idea is definitely not going there. It has to go over here. And so it's like, so I have like a, a lot of like kind of like um, partially finished projects or like ideas because lots of times like I find, um, you know, you want to kind of put a lot of great ideas into one song and make the song as strong and as interesting as it possibly can. But sometimes you can almost have too many ideas or you try an idea and you're like, uh, this isn't working here, but it could probably work somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I've definitely gotten in the habit of kind of instead of uh, ignoring those other ideas, like you maybe jump out of your project, jump with somebody else, lay it down, and then you'll come back to it maybe at some point in the future. So mm -hmm. for me, like I'm always kind of just like working on the next thing. So oftentimes by the time. Uh, for both of the examples, like where you know yourself and a lighter world, by the time uh, the record was like finished and I was like playing those songs live and and you know trying to create some hype around them, um, usually I already had like the few a couple of the songs that'll be on the next release mm -hmm. um, already kind of like partially figured out or at, at least like an idea of what that direction is gonna look like. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like oftentimes like by the time I'm I'm finished record. I have a bit of an idea of like what the next one will look like, even even if it won't come out, you know, for for ten months or a year or something. Mm. Like, mm. still got to put in the time to get it there. But yeah, usually usually it's more of like a, a progression. Like you finish one, and then and then usually also that opens up an interesting kind of place for the next one to go to because you know since you've purposely um, left some ideas out of the current release. So on the next one, you're like, okay, maybe I'll uh, explore some of those spaces that I, you know, didn't really make room for. Oh yeah, yeah. And then what some what are some songs you'd listen to just in general while working on on this process? Yeah, well, um, specific song as far as like specific songs, I'd ha I'd have to think about that. But like a couple artists like definitely stick out for me. Um, the artist Destroyer from Vancouver. Uh, has always been a really big influence on me. I can't can't quite remember the guy's name. It's mostly one guy, but he has a band, um, and uh, they make just really interesting kind of like indie sort of like folk 
influence music and then on their new song new albums it's like they have a lot more synth and it's a lot more electronic mm-hmm. um but he's got a very interesting voice and and i definitely try to i kind of gravitate to artists that have like sort of a a, a less like a more unique singing voice because mm-hmm. um, i feel like i can kind of relate to that and and i and i like people who kind of really write songs for around their sort of unique unique vocal Mm-hmm. Um, so he's definitely one uh, Canadian artist that I, I definitely hold into pretty high esteem. Um, there's a couple of London, UK artists, um, Real Lies and St. Jude, um, that I listen to quite a bit. And I find like those, the, both of those bands um, are quite influential on me because they do kind of a... Uh, kind of like that middle point, middle point between sort of like the indie dream pop and the dance music. Like they'll have like a house beat, but then they'll do kind of like indie vocals over top. Mm. So th- the kind of fusion of those two, uh, and that's kind of like the space that I think that I live in, in as well. Like sort of somewhere in between, sort of like the indie and then sort of with the electronic um, undertones. So yeah, those guys are as well. Like uh, definitely check those guys out. Um, and that's a uh, yeah big influence. And then. Um, as far as like the electronic, uh, influence, mm-hmm. definitely Burial, uh, I think another London, London based artist. Um, he makes like straight up kind of, uh, well, he's very much like in the dubstep scene, like back in the day, but it's like, his stuff is like very kind of like ethereal and, uh, even the records oh. that are kind of old, like it's like, so, like I think 2006 or something. Um, but still like you listen to him and the, just the soundscapes that he does are just like really, really amazing and just like really lush synths, but then still with like the choppy kind of like dance music beats. So mm-hmm. I kind of like those like people who sort of like straddle two genres and they kind of like, it's not exactly one thing or another thing. It's like, they're very much like, you know, use elements that you're familiar with from other music, but then the way they put it together Shut is up. quite unique. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the vibe I get from your music, and that's why it's not stale, right? Mm. It's its own thing. It's like that's why you know that's why I'm saying you put all these things together and you form a soul. Like each song, it's just its own thing, and I I really love that. Um, and then um, let's talk about Golden Sunlight, then, right? Yeah. What 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 made you release that one? Is it also gonna be? Is it gonna be part of a new project coming up or? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, um, yeah, I've, you know, my thinking has kind of evolved a little bit in, in the last, I guess, like pretty much since I put out a lighter world and, and, you know, I've done some reading online and just, I've been thinking more and more about like how people consume music these days and what that sort of means for people who are both artists, but especially for underground artists who are, you know, still kind of making a name and, and coming up and, and I think that it's at some level, um, you know, putting out a full album or putting out a lot of songs at once perhaps almost does you a disservice because, you know, you put in all this time to write this record, put in all this effort, and then you throw it up online and a month later it's old, you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and it doesn't matter if you spend a year recording it or two years recording it. Um, and, you know, honestly, even if it's really great, you get that one single out there that really pumps it, but then you have like nine other songs that are kind of like could be really good too but you know again like even after an album six months old like you can't even really submit it to college radio anymore because it's outside of that period you know so so i think that there's really and and people consume music so quickly these days you know it's just like it's such a consumption kind of market as far Mm -hmm. as like music or videos or or the similar art forms so i think that you know on the one hand you can be like 
you know what, like that may be true, but I want to put out a record, you know, or I want to do this or I want to do that. And, and I think that, you know, you can have whatever perspective you want, but I think that uh, flexibility is always kind of like a, a smarter approach. So in this last year, especially with all this like craziness going on and, you know, the inability to tour and just the sort of shifting environment, I've gotten kind of more on the perspective that perhaps it makes more sense to sort of put out like a single a month kind of thing. And then, you know, you put time into like building hype around that one song. I have some videos in the works. So, um, there'll be some video content coming out uh, as well, like in the early part of the summer. So that's kind of like where my thinking has been at the last little while is that sort of just like trying to uh, do self-contained singles. Um, and there definitely will be a release later this year um, with all those songs together. And then I can kind of promote that as a, as a lar- larger piece. Uh, Cause I think there is still sort of a place for that. Um, uh, I'll bring up college radio again for submitting like a full release. A lot of people don't really want individual singles yeah. um, or a similar place like that, but basically trying to like uh, still acknowledge that there's a, something to be gained by putting out like a full release. But at the same time, like maybe there's also like something to be gained by doing it piecemeal and like focusing on individual singles as well. Dope, dope, dope. I love golden sunlight. <laughs> yeah. um, again, it has that summer vibe. Yeah. But but then the new single, um, talk, right? I've I've I, like you know I've listened to Eldono. You've never put anybody on your song, but this one had yeah. two people. Like when I first saw the song, I was like, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure, and then I loved it. So first off, why did he decide to like feature artists? Because like I've always felt right in my head. One thing I've always felt like uh purgatory and shadow visions i'm like ah oh, man just get like some someone to sing something on it like right but but you know um and then you came we talk and then not only did you have someone sing on it you also had someone rap on it uh yeah. what was the idea behind that why did you decide to do talk i know you kind of touched on a bit uh, when we started talking today but like yeah why yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, let's yeah start like do the the full gauntlet there. So, definitely on the earlier releases, um, you know, on a, um, where you know yourself, it's like there's only one song with vocals. So, uh, when I first started the project initially, it was almost like none of the songs were gonna have vocals, and it was gonna be just uh, like electronic music or just sort of synth based music. So, in the early early Earl Donald days, that was kind of like the perspective. Um, and it kind of was like fit with a lot of like the music I was listening to and a lot of like the electronic music I was into, um, where it's like not as vocal heavy. Um, but then some of the songs, like especially Shadow Visions, I remember I wrote that beat and I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta write something on this. And so, so I don't think that like it was ever like, uh, you know, that I was against having, uh, having features or anything, but I think that especially in the early stages, like the first record and then a little bit on the second record, like I, I think I wanted to take some time and be like, just with myself and figure out what, what it was, what I was trying to create, what was sort of, what did Errol Donald mean? Um, and then once I maybe had like a few kind of posts in the ground and, you know, a kind of like a, a stable kind of base, I'm like, okay, now, now what else is it? Mm. And, and yeah, and I think that especially this past year, like where, like what I was kind of saying, where it's, it's become so much more difficult to collaborate with people. And, um, and like I said, I come from a band background, so it's like I definitely have a long history of like working with people and writing songs that way. And, and I love touring with people. Um, like you said, like I think uh, there's definitely, definitely a lot of positives 
to working with people and having strong collaborators and having a strong network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that especially the scene dynamic, I think that nobody comes up alone. And I think that, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. So you definitely, you're only going to have good things um, from having strong, strong people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, yeah, I think on this, so on this, this year, it's just got me thinking a lot more about some of these things and thinking and, and, and maybe on some level kind of missing that like band dynamic that uh, I enjoyed for so many years. So, mm. uh, so yeah, basically with that kind of mind frame, when I started working on talk, uh, I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, it has like a bit of a, like a slower kind of beat and pardon me, um, BK Shakur, uh, the MC that does the rap part, we've known each other for a very long time. And, um, back in like the punk rock days when we we're playing in bands like that. So so we've known each other for a while and we had talked about doing music together for some time. And so I was like, you know, okay, so he's an MC, so I'll probably have to work with that a little bit. Um, and then I wrote this wrote talk and I was like, I think this is, I think this is the one, I'm going to get him on it. And yeah, and it just honestly, it felt really great. Like, and the same with Oriana Aretha, like just um, in this year where it's kind of become so difficult and people are, you know, spending so much time alone at home, you know, and just like not really seeing anybody, um, you know, myself included. Um, it just sort of seemed like a really kind of interesting, um, fun time to kind of really try to bridge that gap and find mm-hmm. ways to still have co- communication with people, still try to create those connections. And and I think that for me, that was almost like sort of a, sort of like a liberating thing to do and keep my mind busy this last year where you know, yeah, you're spending so much time just kind of going crazy in your apartment. But uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, at least like, even if you're, again, doing it over email, doing over voice uh, or video chat, pardon me. Um, yeah, it's still like, you know, it, it was cool to have that connection and to kind of like write with people. Mm, yeah, no, I love it. And um, I, I think, you know, playing a song, it just came out the other day. So, so it's kind of yeah. great, you know, it's getting his legs in. Played it. I love the feedback I got playing it on on the Off Kilter show. So it's it's really really it's a, a again that's the thing. It's like a different vibe, but mm-hmm. it's uniquely Earl Donald too. So so I like it. But um, I'm gonna let you go soon. But before I do, I wanna ask about how you get all your fucking songs licensed by MTV. What's happening there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so um, so uh, there's a, a, a marketing or a music agency I work with called uh, Tinderbox in uh, Minnesota, and so I got put onto them a lot quite a while ago by uh, just a mutual contact, and uh, yeah, so they do all kinds of stuff like as far as licensing or as far as radio distribution or um, or uh, playlist kind of distribution as well. So. Yeah, so working with them, um, I, I can't really take too many props, to be honest. But yeah, so mostly working with them kind of have helped with that. And uh, yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it can be also daunting as like a new artist. Like at what point do you do a press release? At what point do you, you know, try to get real distribution? And I think people can be like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing this as a hobby or I only have a couple songs out or I only have this. But Unfortunately, like the real hard truth is that, you know, there's so many songs out there. So if you just throw it up on SoundCloud and hope that something's going to happen, it it doesn't work like that. Mm. 
And, you know, even if your songs are great, uh, unfortunately, like I think most of the time, that's just not enough, you know. So if you really want to get your songs out there, if you really want to have people listening to them, talking about them, you know, mm. and hopefully getting licensed, you know, getting your songs in cool places, it's you got to sort of play the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that is true. So um, actually, I, I'm, I'm going to let you go with this one, though. Sure. You know, you just mentioned something that most artists out there don't don't think of so my question is like um at what point no 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 no. Uh, the question is like so to so an artist out there watching listening uh, to the show at what point do you think they should like reach out to you know get some kind of representation yeah yeah um you know that's really tough i think that um I would say that the simple, I would say the simplest way that I would put it is that it's, I think it's sort of like a personal decision that you're like, okay, I'm going to now take this, this amount of seriousness, you know, like, and I think, I think that's really what it is, is it's like, you got to ask yourself, why do you make art? Why do you make music? Why do you do anything, you know, creatively? And if the answer is just to, you know, Ha- stay busy outside of work or to share things with loved ones then then probably it's not as necessary but if you're if when you answer that question you say well it's because I want to tour I want to be able to you know show this to as many people as possible it's like I want to chase this in if it if not a main career as like you know as a part of my career then <clears throat> pardon me if you're you know if you the answer is more on that side then you start, then there's follow-up questions. You're like, okay, well, if you want to take it more seriously, what does that mean? What do you need to have happen for you to be like, okay, now I'm taking it seriously, you know? And mm. and at that point, maybe it's time to invest a little bit of money. But I think at, uh, what I'll stress, though, is that it's like, you know, there's a million and one services out there that will promise you the world and will deliver very little. So I think that you got to be really careful as well and and you got to be smart and you got to read reviews and you got to get recommendations from other artists who have done more than you have done and and see how they've done it like honestly I think that's the best way to do it is you look at an artist that you're kind of like hey I want to even be uh, you know I'd like to be half of what that person's achieved you know and if you can a lot of people I think are happy to talk about it because it's like even artists that are sort of further along in their career everybody had a first day you know what i mean like everybody had that was at one point in that same position as you so um so i think people are happy to look back at that and and i think especially because it gives you know it'll give them an opportunity to reflect and maybe give them a new perspective on the direction that they're heading in and then also as a beginner you stand to learn so much because again like there is a lot of predatory services out there predatory companies that will be happy to take your money and tell you that your songs are amazing and tell you that you'll be this, that, and everything, you know, and and again, especially when you're so close to your music, I think that it's really easy to believe those types of statements, and then you start to kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, I think these songs are great, and now this other person is saying that they're great, so they must be great, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you know, I'll do whatever they say, pay whatever fee, but I think that you got to keep it at arm's length and be objective and and be like, you know, I think that realistically if you you know don't really have that many followers on spotify or if you're in like you know still trying to build an an instagram page or something you know it's like 
maybe it's unrealistic if somebody says that they're gonna you know get your song on the best playlist and then it'll have all these washover effects and then you'll be opening for whoever you know <laughs> it's mm. just like you know it, it doesn't really happen like that you know so it's yeah. like i think you know if somebody's saying that then you know be realistic about where you're at and and i think that that doesn't necessarily mean you can't ever get to that point mm-hmm, but i think mm-hmm. that i think that also goes kind of part and parcel with this idea of like making it or like you know breaking through or something like whatever whatever these like phrases that we always hear like actually mean you know and i think that um you know killer mike from uh, run the jewels i re- watched an interview with him and he put it pretty good and he was like you know you have these artists that started starting out and you know all they want is fame all they want is this and that and and i think that but people don't really think enough about like what is the level of fame that you even want like what's the level of like attention that you even want like you know not everybody can really realistically like be on the road eight months of the year touring you know it's like that would be in itself like it maybe sounds great in theory but it's like when you're actually there like you know how many people really want that lifestyle so i think that a big part of all this stuff is to be you know realistic and set tangible goals and be like you know what will be success to me and not think about it in a sense of like be breaking through or making it or something because honestly what does that mean and you know if it's not a well-defined goal then are you even going to be happy when you get there mm-hmm. man eldonal you're always dropping the knowledge <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming to this actually today uh actually you know i keep saying before i let you go i'll ask one question but like this is the real last one now though mm. uh now talk is out are you working what are you working on and when was something new coming out yeah, absolutely. So um, right now I'm uh, in the early stages of doing uh, a video for talk. So watch oh, out nice. for that one. That'll yeah. be coming this summer. And then I actually, yeah, I have some some new tracks coming out. So actually some new clubs as well. So like I said, this has been a big year of clubs. So um, definitely got a new track coming out that has some cool, cool stuff. Um, and then later in the year, we'll definitely have a third release. So watch out for that. Earl Donald number three, uh, late 2021. Do you have a name for that one? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna. There's a few names washing around. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna keep that one in the void though. So because, uh, yeah, because it is still still in the works. I find like the naming process for me is like is like a very like step by step because it, like when you write something, everything has like a working title. Like it'll be like you know, like, uh, whatever, just something random. Like maybe you just see something in the room, uh, <laughs> you just name it that, like, and you're like, I'll come back to this later. Okay. So yeah. So a lot of like working titles and then like, sort of like once you have all the songs like mastered and the artwork and then you kind of sit down and you're like, okay, it's this, you know? Oh. And, and I find like, I find once the project's done, it's like the name kind of just sort of seems obvious because it's like you look at the th- sum of all the pieces and then yeah. it's sort of a, just it sort of tells you like that so so you know is what it, i'm not i'm not go ahead. is that the same with like with like song titles or or um album titles yeah you know uh yeah you brought up like something that uh again i think there's two schools of thought on on the album i mean on the song titles part of me is that like so you can either name the song like uh like a part of the refrain like if you say like a a couple words or one word a lot in the song then people will instinctively think that's the name of the song even if you name it something else so Mm. you know like what are that whatever that be so you can kind of just like i think work with what people expect the name to be or you can name it something kind of totally random that like Mm. or i should say probably has deep meaning for you 
but to the listener may may seem random. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, and I think that I was in that second camp for a long time where I sort of named the songs that, that something that like to me fit the vibe or like meant something about like how the song was written or something that was, you know, important to me at that time. And I think now on the newer songs, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more to the first camp where you're sort of like name the song something that... Um, that the listener will like tangibly pick up from the song and and they'll probably think that's the name of the song anyway so yeah so like you know help them find it better later you know so less artistic more strategic but yeah okay 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 <laughs> great 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 nice to know i can't wait for what's coming out because i know it's going to be great as always earl thanks so much for coming to the sanctuary i have one more question i'm lying <laughs> 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 all right man thanks so much yeah, I, I, thank you so much for having me, Israel. It was great being in the sanctuary. Earl Don here, happy to be here.